The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Financial Food for Thought. Got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell here. Now, Carrie, you wonder why I'm playing this song? I have no idea. Well, you, of course, know who's singing it. Right? Phil Collins. Very good. Was it Sim Alone or Genesis? It's Sim Alone. Okay. Off the Hello, I Must Be Leaving album. Yeah, I would never got the album. Forget it. 1982? Okay. Where were you in 1982? Were you in... Maybe elementary? No. Oh, yeah, school. elementary you're, you're school. In, you were in elementary school? <laughs> wow. Well, a lot of people thought he was singing about the ending of, of his failed first marriage. Okay. But sometimes I think he was thinking by our failed elected officials. Hmm. So are you fed up with the Fed speak, Carrie, so far? Most of this, I'm fed up with the Fed speak. I'm fed up with the government, our politicians. Because I don't know if I believe anything. Who to believe? Are we in hyperinflation? Are we going to go? Is this inflation transitory? Is it not transitory? There's no consensus. We keep having, you know, Fed Chair Powell made a lot of, you know, you know, coming out and. He, you know, he was testifying this week. Oh, that's, of course, Mad Max, you know, with, with the Senate or the House Finance Committee chair, right? So they're drilling Fed Chair Jerome Powell. And, and, and you know, Mad Max has got that, you know, that mallet, you know, <laughs> You don't want to get your hands too close to her table, Carrie. When she... Oh, my gosh. She's obnoxious. All right. But anyway, so here we go. So on comes um, a representative, Ann Wagner out of Missouri, who I think is trying to run to upgrade and get into the Senate, uh, a Republican, obviously. And she had some strong questions for Fed chair. I uh, thank you, Madam Chairwoman and Chairman Powell. Thank you for being here with us again today. You and I have discussed at length my very grave concerns with higher inflation and the increased costs that consumers and businesses are expressing or experiencing, pardon me, today. In February, you appeared before this committee and reiterated that the price spikes are only temporary. Uh, and that they will decrease in time and inflation will move towards your goal of 2%. I can tell you that the families and businesses that I represent in Missouri's 2nd Congressional District aren't feeling that these price spikes are Okay, very we, we get temporary. your point, Ann. I am concerned with the most recent Consumer Price Index data showing... Yeah, you and 330 other million Americans. ...higher than expectations. Housing costs, costs are, as we've discussed here, are skyrocketing. Food costs are higher, electricity and gas prices are up, even travel and hospitality costs have seen a... I, I a promise, Fed, Fed is going to get a chance to respond. that some of these increases are due to supply chain disruptions and labor shortages, but to have prices across the board 
consistently higher than I, I think she's going to use her whole five minutes before she ends her question. As we look towards a strong economic growth for the rest of the year uh, and, and beyond as we pull out of this pandemic. Um, Chairman Powell. Okay, here we go. Is it the Fed's policy or the Biden administration's hmm. policy that is you know, that's surrounded with massive spending that is causing consumer prices to skyrocket? I can't, I can't really address that. I can, I can tell you why I think we're having this inflation that we're having. Now. Um, so what, what's really happening is, first of all, you're right. The incoming inflation data have been higher than expected and hoped for, but they're actually still consistent with, with what we've been talking about. The, the, the very high inflation readings are coming from a, a small group of goods and services that are directly tied to the reopening of the economy. It's, it's, New new cars, used cars, rental cars, hotel rooms, air, you know, airplane tickets, things that we understand. Yes, how to but, with, all, with all due respect, Chairman Powell, I mean, it's, it's, it's housing, it's appliances, it's food prices, it's electricity, it's gas. Tell me, to what extent is the Federal Reserve willing to see consumer prices increase before intervention is necessary? Tapering. Well, so we... Whoops, he's stuck. We're monitoring the situation very carefully. Okay. And, uh, we are committed to price stability. Okay. And if we, if we were to see that inflation were remaining high and remaining materially higher above our target for a period of time, and that it was threatening to uh, uproot inflation expectations and uh, create a risk of, of, a, of a longer period of inflation, then we would absolutely change our policy as appropriate. Well, well, I think I think Ann Wagner was fed up with the mm-hmm. Fed chairman. I think a lot of people are, but I, it, there's no consensus, Carrie. Um, you know, Bidenflation, is it going to be permanent? And if it is, that's not good news for the Biden administration, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a lot of economic data. CPI, PPI, hot as hack, right? Mm-hmm. Retail sales, hot. Um, you know, the inflation seems to be not so much transitory. Um, a lot of people are questioning, you know, the Fed is still 120 billion a, a, a month in, in asset purchases. What are we getting for that, Gary? Right. Um, the, the Fed's balance sheet is all a new time high. I think it's at 8.2 trillion. It's ridiculous. Projected to exceed 9 trillion. By if they don't start tapering to when they originally said, like 2022 or even 2023, it'll probably be over $9 trillion. That's a big number. Right. They don't care. We just I, throw money at problems, really, without cutting expense. There's so much junk that goes into this stuff that they're not being fiscally responsible. They don't care. Everybody other American, there's, you know, you have to spend less or earn more. Well, they're earning more is just... Taking finding creative ways, whether right, you call it taxes, yeah, and the they Fed's find way, ways to do it or the money, right? But they're not thinking about responsibility of cutting things that don't work or are unnecessary anymore. And if you look at the growth of the Fed's balance sheet, it's projected to be nine trillion by the time they start tapering. Just thirteen years ago, Carrie, it was nine hundred billion. That's a long way to come in thirteen years. That's ridiculous. And other Fed officials, including Jim Bullard, you know, St. Louis Fed, I heard him interviewed on Bloomberg this week. He's he's raising the question, is it time to end the, these emergency measures? Yes. Um, so we can't keep throwing money out problems. Those aren't. So now a lot of people are questioning, can Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell successfully navigate this soft landing? You know the Goldilocks decision, meaning mm. you can't you can't switch too fast or too right. slow because you're going to miss it. And maybe there's factors out of his control. Well, he controls the monetary policy. Right. You know, he can't control the fiscal policy. Now, right. a lot of people. Well, I'm only talking about that, but so, but the, the other thing too is okay. So maybe they misguided or or misestimated how bad this inflation is going to be. Okay, so they're going to adjust, right? Mm -hmm. So it's maybe not so much when the liftoff really is, when they start the tapering, maybe perhaps at this point, whether they start in the fourth quarter of this year or 2022, or originally they were talking about 2023, but but the pace, you know, how quickly are they going to do it? 
once they start. You know, that's what's going to have to keep the 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 uh, calm, the, the markets calm. And, of course, there's still the, uh, you know, the... Uh, the, the the other 900-pound gorilla sitting in the corner is that, believe me, the White House, the government doesn't want to raise interest rates right now. Mm-hmm. Not with $28 trillion in debt. <sighs> okay. Um, and Bidenflation is going to hurt the... Uh, you think any Democrats are worried about uh, Bidenflation getting in, in, into the midterm elections next year? Yeah, because that's exactly what they care about. Not that it hurts people that really... Need I know when Janet Yellen spoke the other day, she talked about, you know, that it's going to be several more months of the rapid inflation before easing. But she was more worried about the impact of housing to low income families that maybe could have afforded a house. But because of these inflated prices, may you know, that's an issue. And a lot of people think that Fed Chairman Powell will bow to the White House. Yeah. Because cave? his term Bow, cave? his term is up in 2022. Right. Now, I don't think so. I don't think Jerome Powell cares whether he gets reappointed or not by President Biden. Maybe he, he doesn't seem to. like a power grabber to me. Right. Not, not like Greenspan. Alan Greenspan was off the chart. I mean, that guy is still talking like he's Fed chair. Um, but, you know, I don't. So I don't know if that's the case. Um, but a lot of people do think that's the case, that, that there's no way they're going to. So, so what do you do? Who do you listen to? Um, well, I, I don't I think that's like we don't know. You're always going to hear mixed information, mixed signals. The bottom line is, how do these things impact decisions you're making about your own financial life? Whether if I'm retired saying Ugh, maybe I should work longer or I'm in retirement Maybe I need to start cutting spending and watching things. Um, you yeah. know, it comes down to how does this impact and all the things externally going on really affect your financial life, your family, your financial decisions and things that you want to spend money on. Right. And, and the way we help our clients with that process is by running different financial models. Mm-hmm. By the way, just like the Federal Reserve does. Mm-hmm. In other words, you, you run a plan A and you run a more conservative. So so here's the point. Are you going to just sit at home and worry about inflation, which a lot of, you know, a lot of economists, uh, economies, economists believe is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. If you're worried about inflation, you tighten your belt now. Right. Which then stalls the economy. Right. Now, we just had the child credit. That's going to drop a lot of money in, in young families, you know, pockets. Right, but I don't think honestly, the two fifty or whatever it is, depending on. I don't think. I mean, I'm laughing. I mean, it might help a little, Mark. Maybe it'll help for a week of daycare. Well, if you got three or four kids at three hundred a pop right. a month, yeah. But there's also kids are expensive. Ju- so. Just in time for back to school sales. Yeah. Summer's over, Carrie. Yeah, you think everybody's going to spend it on their school supplies? I don't think so. So. You, a lot of our clients now are saying, Mark, let's run a more conservative plan. I want to know if a higher inflation is going to affect me directly. I don't, I'm not going to make a knee-jerk reaction and just, right. and just assume that it's it's going to be the end of my, uh, if I'm planning to retire at a certain point, I, I'll have to extend that. Or if I have to cut my travel budget because I'm in retirement or I'm going to run out of money before life. All right. So so will so so that so, so if inflation is what you're worried about there, then let's run a plan. See, it's hard to uh, take your plan A and then just for inflation in your head for 30 years. Mm-hmm. In other words, how much more am I going to have? You know, what's the draw on my nest egg if inflation's running at three and a half of percent instead of two percent or three percent instead of two? You know, you know whatever. How high do you want to go? And you may want different inflation rates for different types of expenses. If you want to be real about it. Right. And that's what we do at the estate planning team is run detailed financial models and help people with, uh, you know, giving them helpful information through objective, unbiased, detailed analysis about issues they face and concerns that they have. And not only are we dealing with inflation, and we are, by the way, um, you're listening to Financial Food for Thought here this morning, and the estate planning team is the company that sponsors this program and 
we are fee-based, affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planners that do this financial modeling. We're traditional financial planners, number crunchers, which I think is very different. I mean, we have a lot of clients that do the investing on their own, or they work with an investment advisor, which we believe in coordinating that effort and plans, but we provide that objective, detailed information. And we do have a lot of people coming in. We talked last week, and I think you're going to touch on it this week on the great resignation. <laughs> the I was thinking, great yeah, resignation. I always want yes. to say something else. Um, recession. Um, and, you know, people saying, oh, I want to, but I'm really worried about inflation. Can I afford to? I'm worried about health care cost. And now with inflation, you know, is health care even going to rise even more? Um, and coming in and telling people, we've had a lot of people over the last six months saying, hey, you can, some people can retire earlier than they thought or retire when they want and still do all the planned spending they want to do now that they have freedom of time on hobbies and travel or, or grandkids or whatever they want to spend money on. And other people know um, they are going to have to work longer than they originally thought if they want to accomplish those things. But that objective plan saying you can work longer or maybe the big thing is maybe you don't, you have to work longer, but you don't have to stay in your current job. You can earn a lot less Maybe you can work part-time and you can work longer, which a lot of people are on board with. Right, I mean, call, you can play those if-then scenarios. Yeah, we call that the encore career right. or, better yet, the hobby career, right. which and is what a lot of our clients are interested in. You know, they want to do something. They understand that they they cannot just maybe financially swing it, right? but they have to get out of the rat race. And, and they want to do something different. And they some, want to do something they like. And some people even just saying like, hey, I'm okay with after being into working at a garden center. We've had people want to work at Home Depot or Lowe's and saying, I just want the lower pressure, have fun. Like, you know, yeah. I don't mind. In some of the, some places, if you work the 30 hours a week or 32, you get the benefits. Right. We've had people work at the golf course. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then we, you get the benefits of. We, we had people work, uh, d- you know, delivering new Harley Davidson mm-hmm. motorcycles. Um, Remember we had the one client loved cars. I don't I still don't know how I got this job where he would fly somewhere to drive a high car and he'd have to drive it back. Yeah, the, yeah, people who don't want to drive, yeah, they would drive to pick cars, up a car. Yeah. So I mean, you can get as creative as possible, but sometimes people say, "I don't I don't mind doing just other things. I just don't want to do my job anymore. Maybe you've done it." So planning allows you to play that if then and know, "Can I do this? Is this realistic?" Because even if you don't retire from your current job, Sometimes knowing that you can changes your perspective or people have been retired and been in the same spending habits and they're worried about a market downturn. They're worried about health care costs. They're worried about a long term state or now inflation added to the mix that they're not spending and they're not using their money and financial planning. It's easy to get your head around, you know, where you're going to be in a few years, but they don't realize like if they don't spend it and use it. What did they work hard for? I mean, and then you could run that parallel plan, like Mark said, we can use a plan that's just as things go as your current thinking. But then what about a, a, you know, a higher inflation rate for all different categories? Right. And how does that change? Now, if you can still do more spending in a worst case scenario, even using conservative growth rates, you're going to be more comfortable making that financial decision. And those are things we do with the estate planning team. Um, We offer a free consultation for people who want to come in and see how our process is different, what value or benefit we may be able to provide you. We have both comprehensive retainer and hourly options. If you need a little bit or a lot of help, and sometimes people call us about specific issues, Roth conversion analysis, pension election, so timing of Social Security, or some other IRA distribution planning, or some other financial decision you're faced with, you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday morning, and we do those consultations. Again, they're free by phone, or we're happy to do those in person, or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Right. So if you're in the camp that you're listening to Janet Yellen and saying, you know, who's, you know, worried about this um, several more months, I think was her term, right, Carrie, of rapid inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can model that. And and that's, if that's right. Now, 
it's funny the way you put the emphasis on that question, Carrie. Who do you listen to? Because I could say, who do you listen to? Mm-hmm. Or I could be more specific in, Carrie, who do you listen to? Oh, okay. Um, now, a lot of people say, well, who do I listen to? I- I'm so confused, Carrie. I-, I think I need to go back and listen to who's next. Uh, <laughs> we won't get fooled again. So I-, I don't tend to get too caught up in the headlines. Mm-hmm. Because for every person who says you got to be worried about inflation not being transitory, I could find you another professional, another expert who says it is transitory. Right. There's no consensus. Because you don't know and you worry about it because you don't have a way to measure what to do. Am I going to be okay in the long run? And I think that's the, as much as we talk sometimes, you know, planning is using opportunities and we can save people money. It's the peace of mind knowing when Things don't go well, or I'm worried about inflation, and we have a lot of people that are. This is how I know what steps I can take. Yeah, so let's run that. I'll use whatever inflation factor you want. And we've had people do that with a market downturn. They think the market's going to go down and we're going to have a slow recovery in the year they retire. We can model yeah. that in. I mean, I, you know, earlier in the year, I talked about all the headlines about how the 60 40 portfolio was dead. Remember when I was, I, yeah. you know, 60, 40, and I, and I was saying, it, I don't know, I'm not so sure the 60, 40 portfolio is dead. Mm-hmm. So, so Carrie, I just uh, got my copy of the Ohio Deferred Comp second quarter report. Okay. I always have a, a good client who always makes sure I get a copy of it. And here's my point about the 60, 40 not being dead, right? And mm-hmm. I was talking about this last year and in the beginning of this year, Um even if, so, I'm just going to pick. Let's say you are in the Ohio Deferred Comp and you have 60% your growth side. Let's use the Dodge and Cox stock fund, which is one of the mm-hmm. options, right? And on the fixed side, let's use the Ohio you know, Stable Value Fund. Okay. So, uh, the Dodge and Cox year to date through June 30th is up 26%. Okay. Okay. Um, and the Stable Value is up 0.93. Now, there's that fixed low interest rate, right? But that's still positive, almost one percent. Whereas if you looked at some of the, you know, big bond indexes, the you know the broad bond indexes, they're probably negative through the first six months of the year. Mm-hmm. But let's let's go with that. So if sixty percent of your money was earning twenty six percent, and forty percent of your money was earning point nine three percent, where are you at year to date? Sixteen percent. I'm not so sure if the sixty forty is dead. Mm-hmm. Now. How about if you were, you were scared that the 60-40 was dead, so you reallocated at the beginning of the year, and you got more conservative and went to 50-50? Well, okay, so under those same numbers, if you were at a 50-50 allocation, no, you wouldn't be up 16%. You'd only be up 13.5% at a 50-50 portfolio. Nice. So so here's, you know, so what you have to... Now, so a lot of people say, well, Mark... How does that come into play? Well, it doesn't mean that we project that your 60-40 or your 50-50 portfolio is going to continue to do double digits, but we're very active planners at the estate planning team. First of all, let's get your latest net worth. Let's not use a net worth that was, you know, uh, 18 months old. Mm-hmm. And, and two, let's, if you want, say, okay, so let's mark to market. Let's assume that more conservative on the, on the growth rate. And like you're saying, if you're saying, well, we're going to, I you know, we're going to have a market crash. I know that's going to happen. Mark the first year I retire, we're going to have a major market downturn. And I'm going to, that's when I'm going to start taking money out of my nest egg because I don't have a pension and, and my retirement's going to be over. I'm going to go back to work. Well, maybe not. Maybe we ought to model that. Maybe we ought to plan for that. And say, okay, what if that does happen? What if inflation isn't transitory? What happens if we do have an economic downturn in the first few years of retirement? How can we tell the robot? How can we model that? You know, and and that's what we do. That's what we help coach. That's what we help. You know, because a lot of people don't have that concept. You've never done that before. Mm-hmm. You, you tend to make knee jerk reactions, or you get too caught in. You know, in the fear of the headlines. And become paralyzed where you're not doing anything other than I can't retire mm-hmm. or I can't go to Hawaii right? or I can't help my kids out or my grandkids. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to that, let's, you know, this is your plan. You know, it's not your parents' plan. 
It's not your neighbor's plan. It's not your coworker's plan. Even in families, I heard somebody what a month ago say, "Well, my brother did this," and and his brother talking to him had a whole different situation than him. Family dynamics, yeah, assets. Now, one of the things that may keep this economy rolling is the fact that th- that child credit is starting to go up, and that's big bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you got to have young kids, or you're not going to get it. You know, it's not the stimulus that went right. out to everyone. Um. But, you know, it's it's you know, it's it's going to be substantial. And, you know, it's it's three hundred dollars a month for a child under six, two hundred fifty a month for ages six to 17. Um, there's thresholds at seventy five, you know, seventy five thousand as a single taxpayer. You start being phased out married jointly. It's one hundred and fifty thousand. But that's going to help. That's more helicopter money. That's, you know, in advance. And that is going to keep the that that's going to help these back to school. I, I you know, Carrie, you don't think it's going to. You think they're going to? I don't think they're all going. No, I think they're. I think those. I think the retail is looking for a big back to school sale. Well, and, I think just. I just think revenue. it's because kids are finally. I think parents are going to be a woohoo. You're back in actual school this year, hopefully, instead of being at home. Well, that's what I'm saying. There, they're going to buy. They're they're going to they're going to splurge. They're going to go out and buy. A, but I think they would have done that mostly anyway, regardless of the stimulus check. I think they tend to do a little bit more with the stimulus. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think that money's probably now, the allocated Ohio, for something else. The Ohio sales tax holiday. Scheduled for August 6th, that weekend. Okay, August 6th to August mm-hmm. 8th. That's coming up fast, right? Um, all right, that's where, you know, you you don't have to pay sales tax on any item of clothing, price $75 or less. Any item of school supplies, price $20 or less. And any item of school instructional material, priced at $20 or less. And that's that's been very popular. The other thing Janet Yellen too what warned us about not to not to bring you know more bad news on everyone but don't look now but we uh, the government has a little debt ceiling to do with by Ju- July thirty first here we go again we're, that's kind of been um, not in the news too you know did everybody forget about that mm-hmm. um, you know Janet Yellen warned of a catastrophic economic consequences if Congress does not raise the debt ceiling. So that I think that twenty eight trillion in debt carry, yeah, I think it's going up with no consequence. I guess there's nobody saying, "Hey, these are the things we really need to cut because they're more concerned about votes that or or doing favor. I, it's just ridiculous. But regardless of that, those are things we can't control. If you're working, you're retired, and you want help with your financial life from someone that's going to give you objective, unbiased advice based on detailed analysis you can call for a free consultation and see how we're different you can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com that's 440-239-2090 or that's financialfoodforthought.com oh okay and you got mark dolly and carrie waddell and carrie the one i want just you know we talked about the the child credit right mm-hmm. child tax credit but i also just I want to give you a little bit about the the uh, also the dependent care credit is up this year. Okay, right? it's not often talked about, right? But I just spent a couple minutes of on here. So, for 2021, the credit is worth 50 percent of up to eight thousand dollars in eligible child care costs. Okay, sixteen thousand if you have two or more children needing care. This means the maximum credit is four thousand dollars for one kid and eight thousand for two or more. That's up from a thousand fifty and twenty one hundred in twenty twenty. That's a substantial increase. It's more than double. Oh, that's I mean, and that's helpful because I've had kids in daycare, and daycare is expensive. Now the full credit is available for taxpayers with up to one hundred twenty five thousand of adjusted gross income. It phases out for taxpayers with AGIs between one hundred twenty five and four hundred thirty eight thousand. Those with AGIs over four hundred thirty eight thousand, you know, you don't get any uh, of, of the dependent care credit. And the credit is fully refundable for 2021. Now, so here this they also talk about what you know what are the rules, what you can take, expenses for the care of children under age 13, and qualifying relatives must be incurred so you can work or look for a job. 
and you must report the provider's tax ID number on Form 2441. If taking the credit to help care for a relative who isn't a qualifying child, such as an aging parent or grandparent, that person needs to have lived with you for more than six months during the year and be unable to care for uh, him, or him or herself. The, 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 the note also says, remember that summer day camps costs qualify for the dependent care credit. So the same goes for camps to help improve your child's reading or study skills. Do you think any children may need that after mm-hmm. last year's debacle? Yeah. Shutdown, right? But expenses for summer school, tutoring programs, and overnight camps don't qualify. So there is, So that's, again, we always seem to get be talking about how complicated the tax code is, right, Gary? But, again, look for opportunities. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, these are things that, you know, if you're using a professional, a CPA, hopefully they're looking for, you know, helping you find right. these things. If you're using a robot, you know, one of the, the packages, hopefully you're going through all their menu questions mm-hmm. to see if you qualify. If you're doing your return by pencil and paper. You're probably missing an opportunity. You might be missing. Um but even more important than the tax compliance mark, still I'm going to come back to is being proactive and part of what we do. And we coordinate with the CPA or if the client does that themselves is through that. It's not the tax compliance is how do you create the income as tax efficiently as possible? So you minimize what the government gets, because with the government being so irresponsible, I think a lot of people, I mean, even before, but even more so are saying, hey, I don't want the government to get a dime more than necessary and i'd rather keep my hard-earned dollars the opportunities are there right and that's a and and to find these opportunities and implement to get to achieve them it takes a coordinated effort you know we talk a lot about that at this on this radio show you know we like you say here we don't manage client assets but we have a lot of conversations with our clients investment advisors we don't prepare tax returns We're we're not cpas but we spend a lot of time coordinating with Mm -hmm. with our clients tax preparers um we're not attorneys but we certainly spend a lot of time with our clients attorneys that's the coordinated effort to get that we think gets you a better plan in the end Mm -hmm. when you have that brainstorming going on that roundtable discussion well don't look now carrie but earning season has started right okay we're in uh quarter two all right and usually we play the earnings game right Mm-hmm. Um, the big bad banks go first, Carrie. I don't know if I don't I don't have too much time to play this today. Okay, but this is it, just the idea, just to give a feel. And the reason why we're watching corporate earnings is because that's going to be key in this Rona recession recovery. Mm-hmm. Be- because we know that the debt is way up, we know that inflation is up, and. A lot of people say what the key is, as long as GDP keeps going up, as long as corporations are still doing good, then we'll be okay. As opposed to if they're not doing good, then we might not be okay. Mm-hmm. And so everyone wasn't too surprised when the first quarter earnings came in stellar. And they said, well, wait for the second quarter. So, Carrie, we mm-hmm. waited for the second quarter. Okay. Um, so here we go. J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, <clears throat> all right. So earnings came in at $3.78 per share, beating consensus of 321 Okay. Revenue came in at $31.4 billion versus the street estimates of $29.9 billion. They beat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what did uh, Jamie Dimon, of course. The other thing, too, is I like to do the big banks because... I think the people that are running the big, the big banks are pretty smart guys mm-hmm. and guys. I would think. Okay, Jamie Dimon is CEO of, of course, J.P. Morgan Chase. <laughs> J.P. Morgan Chase. Cons- you know his quote: "Consumer and wholesale balance sheets remain exceptionally strong as the economic outlook continues to improve. In particular, net charge-offs down fifty-three percent were better than expected." reflecting the increasingly healthy condition of our customers and our clients. See this this quick recovery, right? Speaking of gals, how about Citigroup? You know, this is the first quarterly report for the new CEO, Jane Frazier. 
Harry, right? That's that's breaking the glass ceiling, don't you mm-hmm. think? Okay. Um, all right. So Citigroup beats analyst estimates for profit, helped by a $1.1 billion boost from loans. So earnings per share came in at $2.85, topping the $1.96 estimate. Blew it away. Okay. Um, revenue came in at $17.47 billion, just edging out the $17.2 billion estimate. What was Jane's quote? The pace of the global recovery is exceeding earlier expectations, and with it, consumer and corporate confidence is rising. Um, we saw this across our businesses as reflected in our performance in investment banking and, and equities, as well as marked increased spending on our credit cards. We, uh, while we have to be mindful of the unevenness in the recovery globally, this is the K-shaped recovery, we are optimistic about the momentum ahead. Okay, uh, how about Bank of America? Earnings came in at $1.03 a share, okay, and they were, the street was looking for 80 cents. Hmm, okay. That's a beat. Um, well, that's, well, I got it. Well, no, no, I, re, I no, I, no, there's a footnote here. Okay. The dollar three was after a $2 billion tax benefit. If you took that out of the equation, because that's a non-reoccurring event. Right. EPS would have been 80 cents where the street was looking for 77 cents. Mm. That's a, that's, that's still a beat, that's Mark, a, I'm that, saying. That's a meat. That's not a beat, Carrie. A revenue, 21.6 billion came under the 21.8. They missed. Okay. Okay. Um, Wonder why they missed and everyone else did well. Uh, CFO Don, uh, Paul Donofrio cited the continued challenge of low interest rates in the bank's earnings release. Shares fell by 3% on the news. Mm. Okay. How about Goldman Sachs? All right. Earnings came in at $15.02 per share versus the street was looking for ten twenty four. That's a solid beat. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Golden, Goldman's earnings blow past estimates as investment banking revenue boosted by strong IPO market. Revenue came in at $15.39 billion, handsomely you know, beating the $12.17 billion expected. Um, of course, the, you know, the CEO is David Solomon. Um, what did he have to say? Uh, he cited continued progress in our strategic priorities. And that while the economy recovery is underway, our clients and communities still face challenges in overcoming the pandemic. Okay, now here's also Goldman announced that its board approved a planned 60% increase in the quarterly dividend. See, Ooh, you know, that's I mean, huge. that's what gets, you know, that's what gets shareholders excited. Dividends? Absolutely. Um, especially in the low interest rate world. You know, the, you know, these banks don't know what to do with their money. You pay it out in dividends. Um, Wells Fargo, how did they do? Um, earnings came in a dollar thirty. You know, Wells Fargo's had some issues, <laughs> some public relations issues. Yeah, a few. Um, okay, they had a few over the years. Uh, yeah, too few to to, to mention. Uh, too many to mention. Maybe mm-hmm. um, earnings came in a dollar thirty-eight versus the ninety-seven cents. Okay, we'll give that a beat. Revenue came in $20.27 billion versus a $17.77 billion. Okay. Um, reflecting a 10% increase compared to the same quarter one year ago. So maybe they're getting over some of these, mm-hmm. the bad press. Um, what did uh, Charlie Scharf, Scharf, ECO, said in a press release? Demand for the bank's loans remains somewhat muted despite the economic recovery. Um, Wells Fargo benefited from the continued economic recovery, strong markets to help drive gains in our affiliated venture capital businesses and our progress on improving efficiency. But the headwinds of low interest and tepid loan demand remain. Our top priority continues to be building an appropriate risk and control infrastructure for a company of our size. I, do you know what he, I don't know what no, he's talking I about. Don't, uh... Wow. Don't know what he's talking about. Um, but the street liked it. You know, the bank uh, 2% uh, share raise on that. Um, all right, we'll do one more. Morgan Stanley, of course, CEO James Gorman. Um, earnings came in a dollar eighty-five share versus the one sixty-five estimate. That's a beat. Uh, revenue came in at fourteen point eight billion versus a thirteen point nine eight. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to call that a meet. Not exactly a miss, but we'll call that a meet. 
what did uh, James Gorman say? The firm, the, the firm delivered another very strong quarter with contributions from all our businesses. With our transformed business model providing more stable and durable earnings, we have doubled our dividend. That's nice. And announced a $12 billion buyback as we move to return our excess capital to shareholders. Bank, the shares in the bank dipped 1.3%. Apparently, that wasn't a strong enough beat on revenues, um, even with the good news that the dividends are going up. But, you know, again, that's what the big banks do with their money. So the big banks seem to be doing fine. Mm-hmm. We'll see how the other uh, – and, and PepsiCo, I know, did really well, too, on their earnings. Um, and we'll continue to look at, at earnings over the next um, – in the next you know, couple of weeks as they release. And again, why is it important? Because it, in previous recessions, if during the recovery, if earnings beat, if, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the companies beat earnings, chances are that's how you're going to recover much more quicker from that extended recession fallout. Right. And regardless of all these th- exterior things that are going on, you know, have a way to measure on what's going on with your financial life and have a written detailed financial plan. You're going to be more comfortable with the financial decisions and what you need to do to either get on track or maybe learn some positive information. You could be spending more. You can retire early. I mean, that's always the fun meetings. Um, And you can um, schedule a free consultation. There's no pressure obligation. We don't know if we can help you, but I know we'll be willing to talk with you. We can do that by phone or in person. If you leave a message and give us a call, we can call you on Monday morning, or you can also email us through the website and we can contact you through there as well at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 on our website, financialfoodforthought.com. There's incentives for people that come in by a certain date and decide to use our services on both the hourly and the comprehensive. You can sign up for the newsletter and get listen to our podcast on, on previous shows. And there's some other good, helpful information there as well. And that's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Listen to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. And we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And over those decades, Carrie, we have certainly helped coach and get people through the retirement, right? Uh, you know, when they start thinking about, hey, I'm going to put a stake in the ground when I'm going to retire, then through the implementation of actually doing it, mm-hmm. and then into those first years of that transition from your accumulation phase right. to your disbursement phase. Right, because we work with a lot of people that are already retired and they're getting to the point where, hey, they have this IRA and company retirement plan and how do I distribute this money and do distribution planning as tax efficiently as possible because certainly we have people where they've done a distribution to cover a new car or pay down a mortgage and it's caused problems that they weren't aware of. And if you do effective distribution planning, you save money for yourself um, in taxes, minimize what the government and help passage costs to your heirs as well. So one of the things, Carrie, that when we, we have a client or a prospect, I should say, is before they're a client, but they may be contacting us because they're thinking about retirement. And we always start by saying, well, do you know your company plans? All right. And depending on your emphasis there, okay, you know, when I say that, what do you think of? When I say, you know, before you retire, do you know your company plans? Are they thinking you're talking about for the 401k are you saying do they have to leave it there do they have to roll it over okay so one would be you could take it that way meaning you know do they have pension elections do they right. have 401ks or, or some 403Bs? people think they have to roll it over like it's automatic when you leave an employer you have to move it to an IRA or maybe they've been told by someone but even before we go there okay I want to step back and say because you had mentioned that a lot of Baby boomers today, they're, although they're looking to get out of the rat race, they're looking for an encore career. And a lot of times when we drill down, and we, in other words, what do you mean by an encore career? Sometimes, Carrie, it, it, it comes back and saying, well, I just don't want to work 60 hours a week anymore. You know, I right. want to scale back. Mm-hmm. And, and 
because it's not like they they hate the company they're working for. Right. They hate the hours. Mm-hmm. They can't do it anymore. Maybe their spouse has been is now retired and they want to spend more time with the spouse. Because companies don't add more like eliminate staff and then add more work. I think that sometimes your workloads aren't realistic. Right. So, but do you know? After this Rona recession, because a lot of people, we you talked about the great resignation, right? And and last week we st- we went over those numbers, the, the 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 huge wave of people who were saying, "I'm not going back to work." Mm-hmm. They got a taste of being at home mm-hmm. during the shutdown, right? And they're not really you know that excited to go back to work. Mm-hmm. We just heard that you know L.A. County they're putting in a mandatory indoor mask. How many people who, who maybe sit on the fence of saying whether I'm going back to work or not just decided mm. I ain't going back Forget to work? Forget it. Right. Um, well, I think, yeah, that California has their own issues with the mass exodus of people leaving. So so one of the things is, well, did you then, did you ever think of asking your employer what their plans are, meaning for their employees? Mm-hmm. including maybe for you as an employee. Because one of those things is what, ha- you know, what happens if you were scheduled or let's say your boss, the person ahead of you right now, right. is one who's going to decide I ain't going back to work. Mm-hmm. Could you be in line for a promotion? Hmm. It's a tight labor market. Right. You know, the companies are doing, they're paying more. Mm-hmm. They're they're not finding the, the want ads helping them at all. Right. All right. Um, so the, are you looking, you know, maybe that could give you incentive to say, well, maybe I'll stick it out a little bit longer. Or let's say you go back to your company and negotiate and say, hey, look, at, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem. I like my job. I just can't do the hours anymore. I'm looking for a scale down or a part-time solution. And I think people have been surprised when they've actually gone back. I mean, you got to be careful and understand your company, but we've had quite a few people that their employer was willing because of their skill set and demand and they were a good employee, were happy to work with them and glad that they were staying on in some capacity. Yeah. Where the, where the, where where the, the they thought, they well, never I, thought it was possible. They thought it was an all, well, it's probably going to be an all or nothing. Well, yeah, they we've never had asked. a lot of clients that are working 30 hours a week. And look at the ones, Mark, that are before 65. They work 30, 32 hours a week instead of the 60 hours. They get their health care, same, keep their health care benefits. A lot of them, have been, yeah, a lot of them get to stay on the company benefit right. plan. And they a get part-time. a company match. They can still contribute to the 401k. I mean. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of employers, I said about, you know, paying more money. There's companies that are giving bonuses right now for the people that come back. Mm-hmm. After the Rona. So, you know, again, so do you know your, so that's one level of do you know what your company plans I was going to say, yeah, are. I was thinking company plans. Okay, so it. let's talk about the company plans because mm-hmm. that's probably what most people are thinking right. about. And, all right, so what are we talking about there? Well, if if you have a, a 401k, okay, um, a couple of things. Yeah, you, you had mentioned, Carrie, about, can you leave it there or can you take it with you? Well, yeah, you have options. You, chances are you don't have to roll it into an IRA if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the admit the um, the you know, like the big company that's managing the four hundred one the plan administrator may offer you a deal. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, you know, you can stay in the 401k that we manage, basically, right. but that's very limited. Or, you know, because we, you know, you're such a good, you know, company and, and you know, they hired us, we'll let you roll it over to an IRA that we'll, we'll manage for you. you. That's because uh, we don't want you to let go of your money. Why do you think there? <laughs> why do you think there's three companies basically trying to corral right. the entire 401k market? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to mention names, you know. Right. Right. Um, now, so, yeah, yeah, you can do that. Um, but if you are going to leave it there, then in the 401k status, and a lot of people do, like I mentioned, the Ohio 457 right. plan. A lot of our, our clients love that plan. And they've been retired for a, lot, a while. And, and they, they don't want to leave it. Right. They now, have great options. 
Right. Why now, would they? But now here's some of the things you might want to find out. For example, does your plan allow for a Roth conversion platform? Mm-hmm. Now, the 457 just recently, the Ohio 457 just recently said, yeah, you can, if your employer wants to, right. they can offer you a Roth 457. Now, I don't know. So do you know if you're in the 457, if your employee employer has started that or not? This is what, do you know your company plans, right? Same thing with 401ks, Carrie, true? We've mm-hmm. talked a lot about that. Right. That a lot of our clients don't even realize that their company had adopted a, a 401k Roth option. All right. Um, so, you know, do you understand? Now, do you understand the distribution rules? Let's say... Uh, you know, the 59 and a half rules and the age 55 rules. And you understand that when you do take distributions from a company plan, a lot of times there's a 20% mandatory federal withholding. Are you aware of that? Is mm-hmm. that, do you do not want that? These are some of the reasons why people don't leave it behind right. in the 401k um, because they, they want more flexibility there. And there's also ways that perhaps you can work around the 20%, you know, withholding which we can talk about you know, our clients about. Um, how about this? Do you have company stock inside your 401k? Mm. Okay. Um, because that you may have a, 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 a real good opportunity called net unrealized appreciation. All right. And that's the idea that if, if let's say you had company stock and, and what you paid for it as contributions are going in, that's your basis. But let's say the stock is appreciated a lot, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, normally when you distribute money out of a 401k or an IRA, whether it's company stock or a mutual fund, it's taxes, ordinary income, 100%, right? But in this maneuver, this NUA, net unrealized appreciation, you can get the stock out. You won't be taxed on that net unrealized appreciation until you sell the stock. So you're only taxed on that basis that comes out. Mm-hmm. Plus, what's even better, when you do sell the stock and realize the net unrealized appreciation, you get long-term capital gains rate, which is a lot less than ordinary income tax rates. Mm. Right? Um, now, sounds really good. We don't have, you know, but I can't tell you how many previous clients when they, when they come in to see us they don't they didn't know that was option available mm-hmm. and the the key is um you know in, you're allowed to use these favorable nua tax rules only if you receive the employee securities as part of a lump sum distribution okay so there's rules there's there's t's that got to be crossed there's i's that got to be dotted but if you've got company stock and you're thinking about retiring and you want to find out, is this NUA available? Is it right for me? And if you don't know what questions to ask, that's where we help. We know what questions you need to be asking your plan administrator. So we'll, so we'll talk more about this next week. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.